I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey everybody, and welcome to the reunited Best Friend Tour, Americans Edition, Tuesday morning, afternoon, whenever it is you're listening to this episode of the Athletic Hockey Show. Sean Gentili, I'm I'm Sean. I'm not Sean Gentili. I'm Ron Burgundy, joined by Sean Sean Gentili. Shawnee, did you miss me? Be honest. On the scale of one to ten, Craig, <laughs> Craig, <laughs> is that is that you? I thought I'd never see you again, my boy. Uh, it is me. I thought I thought I'd lost you, my boy. I can't believe I I, I thought I was going to be replaced and was fingers crossed. And you, you, it was like um, when they they bring out like Jeopardy replacement hosts. Although I'm not dead, um, <laughs> as far as I know. And what, what was that look? <laughs> <laughs> Max came in. Everybody's big, you know, the villain, Max Baltman, did a great job. Jeremy Rutherford. To, I, I, I did get, um, producer Jeff j- did send clips of you guys making fun of behind the bench and the Jeremy Rutherford. That was, and, <laughs> and how uh, he found it at the Blues bookstore at the rink. You know, you said, you said you're worried about being replaced. I'm going to tell you right now, Max had a chance. He came How do you in do? here. Was he like the I Aaron Rodgers int- of, uh, I, I had every intention on swapping you out for him permanently. But Max, buddy, you blew it. <laughs> you blew it. Oh, Maxwell. So it's great to be back. I I took uh, Thanksgiving off. We, we, I was I had to do some traveling for work. Um, oh, wait till uh, I'm out next week too. I haven't told Jeff yet. I just remember I'm gonna be traveling for work again next week. <laughs> <I just> re- <laughs> oh my god. Um, it's been a busy time, but it's great to be back talking hockey with you. And I wanted to start specifically because you are in Pittsburgh and this is, this has been a long rumored sale. So the Penguins being sold for 900 million uh, to the Fenway Sports Group, it's officially been announced. Um, and 
I, there's a couple interesting tidbits I want to get into with this because I'm actually I, I wasn't sure we were going to talk about this, but um, I, I subscribe to a sports business email huddle up. This is not a plug or anything. I just want to give them credit for writing about it and writing this this episode of the athletic hockey show is sponsored by and they had some interesting tidbits in a couple of things that stood out to me i mean they acknowledged the high price they they said it was a bit of a premium Uh, i think that that sportico had valued the penguins at 850 they got 900 that's fine um one thing it said in there nhl franchise values are up 200 percent in the last decade which is a lot so mm-hmm. it seems like this is a safe buy, right? Like if it's 200, if you're up that much and there was a, a global pandemic and revenues are tanked, um, then they seem like they can withstand anything. But there's a couple thoughts in here that I wanted to run by you, Sean, because you're, you're in Pittsburgh and you know that area well. It was, it was saying it's a good purchase, but it was predicated on, on a couple things. One was the ability to, to develop around the arena. Um, and, and it's funny, I was in Atlanta for Thanksgiving visiting my brother, and he was talking about the Braves' new stadium, and he's like, hey, you got to go down there because they've actually done what you hear about in terms of developing around there. And I don't know if people in Atlanta like it or not or whatever, but he was like, it's cool. It's a, it, yeah, that's a, that's a touchy. Is that's it? A they don't subject. like it? Well, mm-hmm. well, I mean, just like just like the overall genesis, it's just like any other stadium, right? Like they've moved out to Cobb County where – all the all the uh, more affluent white right. people live, and there was and there was all sort like that. That deal was was fraught from the start. But yeah, it seems like it seems like the development around there is at least something. If that's something, well, he was just saying there's good places to go grab lunch. Essentially, if yeah, right, like, hey, exactly. you should check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, I'm in Detroit where they built Little Caesars Arena. Again, this is all fraught with with you know a lot of issues that mm-hmm. we can or can't get into, but. They promised the same thing, and I, you know, um, it has not happened. Uh, you know, when they when they rolled out the initial, uh, here's here's what's going to be around Little Caesars Arena, and yeah. it's going to be this this massive development and all these cool places to go, and um, it is it is not how they drew it up, I would say. And so, the, like, so let's start there. If you have to get your value out of the Penguins, and this is part of the proposition. Do you think that's happening or do you think that's even necessary? Do you just think like this is a skyrocket? You own a franchise, you're going to make money. I think you need to be careful with how much credit you give the NHL for valuations going Mm. up over the last bunch of years. Um, TV deals have that effect. And that is, again, that's no, that's just the way it works. Like if you, if you have sports to sell, you're going to make more money now than you were 10 years ago. That's just the way it's just the way it is. Like that's one of the only DVR proof or, or the only really, you know, safe sets of programming. So like whatever, I mean, they're in the right business, but the valuation should be going up with with, with the way that industry. I wasn't is kind of, giving anyone credit, Sean. I was just saying. Oh, no, know. I'm well, I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying like as far as like valuations being up, like. It is a lot, but at the same time, like it should be a lot, right? right? Like, like you can say, yeah, the average valuation is up two hundred million dollars from ten years ago. Like it, it should be like because of a lot of different factors. TV is one of them. I think. I wonder how know, it compares to other sports too. I bet you, like the NFL is like mm-hmm. six billion percent or whatever. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. You know the 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 LA Clippers sold for two billion dollars seven years ago, <sighs> or whatever it was, and, and and that and that is without getting too far off topic, I guess that is like 
the Rubicon for franchise value is when Steve Ballmer came in, bought the Clippers. So, so it's like an insanely rich guy buying an LA-based franchise in the NBA right around the time the new TV deal was negotiated. So all those factors combined to just create this enormous sale price for for this asset. And that's not, that's like the dragon that everybody's been chasing, yeah. you know, for years. And that, not coincidentally, sort of spurred the Penguins to put, spurred Penguins ownership to put that team on the market back oh, that's in 2015. Right. Yeah. Like that was it. And they couldn't get the price they wanted. Um, the way I heard it back then was that it needed to be more than the buy-in fee for Vegas and in and, and the expansion teams. And it didn't quite get there. You know, so whatever, 700 million, wherever it was at that point, there was some disagreement between the owners and the league over whether they should sell or not. One thing led to another. <laughs> then they won a Stanley Cup yeah. and I was like, okay, team's off the market, right? And now they can get the $900 million number, which is like the magic. That's like the magic number, especially for the Penguins who are like a mid-level valued if you go by Sportico valuations or SBJ valuations. Yeah. They're, they're middle of the table, right? They're like 14, 15, 16. So I think that's part of the reason that the price tag was so important here because you can say like, look at this. The, the Penguins, they're, this, they're a US-based, like not in the biggest city and they got 900, yeah. $900 million. So I think that's why the number was important there. So, so yeah, they talk about you, you better develop around the arena to, to make it pay off. Mm -hmm. The other thing was it kind of this was like it acknowledged that the Penguins are probably going to go into a rebuild here, you know, post Sydney Crosby, whenever that happens. I, I, it, yeah, as far as as far as the arena site's concerned, now I I I realize I realize we just we we meant to talk about that, and I just that's blew, fine. I blew right I blew right past it. So the way that works is the Penguins, as part of the new arena, as part of when they built what's now PPG Paints Arena, they demolished the old Civic Arena, and the Penguins got the development rights. It's still owned by municipalities. It's owned by the city and the county. Um, but the Penguins got the development rights, and as long as they showed progress towards doing something with it, they were allowed to keep parking cars in that space. And, and, and again, you can kind of connect the dots there. There's a lot of money in parking. So that's a big part of the reason that we went 10 years without seeing meaningful movement on that on that parcel of land being developed. And then the other thing, and this is this is another, this is the main reason I think why this whole development is so fraught, is that the Civic Arena site represents the destruction of a black middle class neighborhood in Pittsburgh in the 1950s and 60s. It was a thriving, you know, it was like a little, a little mini Harlem in Pittsburgh that the Hill District was, where there were jazz clubs and black owned businesses and grocery stores and families and homes and whatever else wiped out by eminent domain to, to, to build the arena. And then back then, another thing that happened was there was an interstate that, that cut the Hill district off from down, from downtown Pittsburgh. And Craig, like, you know, this better than anybody. It's when you're walking from the arena over towards the Marriott where everybody always stays, you know, you're, you go over a highway that just, that, that, that cuts, that literally runs, horizontally between the rink in, in downtown Pittsburgh. So those sort of things, along with some other factors, contribute to the absolute destruction of the Hill District mm. in, in, this, in the 60s and 70s. So there's psychic wounds there with the community and with the neighborhood and just historically speaking that have led rightfully neighborhood groups and urban development authorities in the city to be like, this is an important parcel of land. You need to do right. You need to kind of 
at least try to right what was wrong before. Yeah. And your mileage may vary on, vary on whether that's even possible. And that's like an economic development theory that we can we don't even need to get into. No, let's get into that. That means I'm too dumb to get into it, Craig. I see, Come on. I see. The dialogue around that site has just been difficult and fraught mm. for a lot of years because you have a lot of competing interests. You have the penguins who want to use it to make money, but also maybe do right by the community, but not too right because that's going to cut into how much money they'd make. And it is not a coincidence that it's 10 years later or ho- however, 10 or 11 years later, and nothing has happened on that site. They're still parking cars, right? Right. Or, Nothing, nothing had happened there until September. And whether it's a coincidence or not, they broke ground on a skyscraper there in September and sold the team in November. Hmm. And that is something that Fenway Sports is good at. They're developing areas, uh, quote unquote, good at. Like maybe it's may, maybe that's th- that sort of development is positive or negative. Like we, again, not don't have the energy to even get into that here. But whether you believe it's a good thing or not, there's stuff going up around Fenway that's this run about around Fenway Park that's on, that's Fenway back development. There's major developments happening in Liverpool at, at at Anfield and all that stuff. This is a big part of the deal, and I, I think the fact that they have an appetite for it and the fact that they see money there and also are capitalized enough to. Uh, maybe nuke parking spaces while it's developed is a big is a big big deal. Like this is these people have a ton of money. They don't have to worry about parking cars for eighteen dollars a day to to recoup lost revenue elsewhere. They can say like this is going away. We're building this now. Five years from now or ten years from now, this is going to make us money. But for the time being, we can eat this cost. Mm. And the penguins. For, the penguins didn't. That never happened. Right. And you can you can you can. Attribute it to what you want, whether, whether they were doing it on purpose, whether like there were roadblocks, whatever, like they, they, they were not able to get that done. And now it seems like that's going to get off and running with Fenway. Hmm. Um, the second part of the equation is if we're acknowledging the team probably won't be good for a long stretch. If you're going to say, okay, we got to eat costs for several years. We're in the post Crosby era at some point. Um, now, this email kind of contended, hey, this is a great fan base, which it is. Like, the Penguins fan base has been amazing for a long stretch of time. But I don't – like. so it's like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll transition into a rebuild and still get support and still be able to draw revenue. I don't, I don't know if any team, certainly in the States, can – you know, I, I've, I've looked at rebuilds in the best markets. Like, the, the Blackhawks, when they were bad, before they got good, there was an empty building. And, you know, John McDonough famously saying the first time he went there, he thought he went at the wrong time. He thought the game started later in the afternoon. It was so empty when he got the job there. Uh, you know. I, I'm, ah, one of those classic John I, McDonough I quotes, I right? Second. I'm just saying. I, are we never allowed <laughs> no, to reference okay. anybody that no, existed no. in that he's, time? Okay. He's, he's, a non, he's a non-person. Um, he did say that. Uh, you know, the Detroit Red Wings. I'm in Detroit. It was, uh, it's, it's getting better, but a lot of empty nights during the rebuild and, or if they were playing Toronto or whoever, a lot of Toronto fans, a lot, you, you didn't know you were in, in, and this is a fairly good hockey town, I would say. Um, I don't know. Is there a city? Like, I don't think Pittsburgh's just going to draw. You can't assume they're going to draw fans during a rebuild. What is, what is this expectation for every hockey team to draw fans consistently for years to a shit product? Like, why do we believe that that's a thing? It's not. It, like, in fact, were, it's just not. Like, I think we, we can say the not. other thing. Fans will wait patiently. 
They're not going to go watch a team that's bottoming out. But that'll, you know, that's going to have a real impact on revenues. There were empty seats at the Bell Center earlier this season, yeah. right? I'm sure there aren't. Like, look at look at Ottawa. Like, like this isn't just. I, it's the it's the nature of the thing. People don't want to spend money to go watch a terrible team, and and you can be bad. You can be bad for some amount of time. You just need some. You need. You also need a roadmap, and you need built up cachet, and you need luck. Like yeah. where I where I struggle with a lot of this, it, and this is coming. As somebody who is 17 years old in, in 2004 and going to these games at, at Mellon Arena where there were whatever, 6,000 people in the building and you could get tickets on the sidewalk, yeah. like literally laying on the ground <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> is that true? Dude, I probably went, so there's 40, there's 41 games in my senior year of high school. I, we probably went to 25 just because tickets were just around. Yeah. It was like, hey, like, yeah. like such and such his neighbor doesn't. Has four that it doesn't feel like using. You guys want to go, and we never paid for anything, right? So I look back on that and I wonder what it's going to look like here in year three mm. of a rebuild after all the stars are gone. But because that's just how I came up. But I think that kind of ignores a couple a couple important things. It's like the cred that's been built up with this fan base over the last 18 years, it's a different, there's people who it's, it's just more baked in now than it was in 2003 after this run of success and all that. And the arena that they're in right now is an actual, it's capitalized. Like you can make, you, you can, there's so many, there's plenty more revenue streams in that arena versus Mellon Arena, which was just tapped out. It was an old dump where you couldn't sell tickets. All you could do is raise ticket prices. There was there was no premium seating, like all this, all this other stuff that just made making money in, in Mellon Arena impossible, and why they needed a new arena to stick around in, in the first place. So it's not the same situation as it was as it was in, in two thousand three. That being said, I still think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. You know, if. <laughs> If and when Sidney Crosby retires and if and when they don't transition into another generational talent and if there's three or four lean years, I'm, I, I am interested to, to, to see what to see what attendance looks like. And, and that's no knock on the people here. No, if, it no happens it's every, every, it, why would they go to see a it terrible just, team? It just, it just happens everywhere. Yeah. Like who wants to go see who wants to go see a horrendous team with no hope in year three of a teardown? Like no, nobody should. Um We've got, and this is this is such great hosting by me. We've got Sean Thornton coming up in the next segment, and he was amazing. Um, if and I'm glad I'm teasing that 15 minutes into the podcast. But before we get to Sean, um, I, I, let's end this segment like this, Sean. I'm gonna we're gonna play we're gonna play a little bit of a uh, I'm gonna play a, hmm. a game show with you. We're gonna. I'm looking now in this email again. This this episode. <laughs> what is this email called? The huddle. Huddle up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the top 10. <laughs> again, again, thank you to our friends at the huddle. <laughs> hey, subscribe to it. It's really good. It's if you like sports business, which I do. Um, top 10 most valuable did NHL franchises. A, I'm looking at it right now. Did they, did they have a Black Friday sale? I don't. I think it's free. It may, it may or may not be. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the most valuable NHL franchises. We're going to remove the Canadian ones. Can you name, Sean, in one foul swoop, the top five most valuable? This is according to Sportico. Top five most valuable American franchises. In order? Sure. Yes. And it has to be in order. The ra- the Rangers are number Rangers one. Rangers are one at one point eight seven billion. That's uh less than the Clippers seven years ago, or whatever you said. 
just FYI. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. It's hockey. Oh, yeah. Um, the Bruins have to be on there. They're number three, so I'll give you credit. 1.31 billion amongst American teams. I think the 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 Kings are on there just by virtue of being in LA. Yeah, so that's the one they are. So they're four yeah. amongst American. I was surprised to see that. Like to be honest, I know they're in LA. I get all that, and it's a good setup down, you know, the Staples Center or whatever it's called now. But um, I, I wouldn't have pegged them as a top five. But good for I them. think that's just like the LA, just like the LA infl- inflation. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what their deal is like on the. And excuse, excuse you, yes, you alluded to this, the Crypto.com arena. Mm-hmm. Why are we mad Did about you see that? Because Staples is also a sponsor. Like, that's, it's not like it was, uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky arena. It was Staples. Think, like, it's an office supply company, isn't it? I think people, I, it's... We, why are it's, you mad was, about it that? Was, it was so long ago that I think people just divorced them. It's it was just the Staples Center. It yeah. It lost it lost the connection with it's like the Office with, Max Center with the office supply thing. No, it's because Crypto.com is a is a mouthful and sounds stupid. It's it's replacing a legendary name. Legendary. And it's an office supply company. People don't think of they think that's that Kobe Bryant played yeah. at the Staples Center. I mean, I get that. But. Not not that not that Staples. You know, that's where I bought my desk chair a few years ago. <laughs> I just was really also, surprised it, about the amount of, like, heartache that was that came out of that. Oh, man. Lakers Lakers fans are intense, man. I I, I think I think that hand-wringing would have been a lot. There would have been a lot less of it if Kobe Bryant was still alive. That's my, that's uh, my big theory. Well, wait till and the also, Kings win a cup at Crypto.com. And we're, we're like, we are attached to Crypto.com and we forget what crypto even is one day. That's yeah, and also also people hate crypto. I like crypto. Rightfully. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got two more slots to fill here. You're missing the um, number okay. two team. Uh, uh, sh- is it still Chicago, I guess? Still Chicago. Um, I don't know if they'd get $1.36 billion right now. That's what it's according why, to Sportico. Why? Why? What, ha- what happened? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know how that would work in the open market or if you just say, um, Probably. Oh boy, is that I a mean, damaged brand? Holy cow. It wouldn't, it's not going to inherently matter, but if there's sustained backlash and people actually, you know, whatever, if, if, if that team sucks and people stay away for a, for a variety of reasons, there, there'll be repercussions. You know how sometimes you can make a business decision that's a business decision, but it's also the right thing to do. Why don't they change their name to turn the page? Like you could say, I would do it from a business perspective and just say, Hey, look, you know, now we can all get excited about this team. And, but, and it's also the right thing to do. Or just change the logo or the logo or the logo. I mean, yeah, maybe that's better. I don't, I, I don't care what they call that team, okay. but like, but like, well, no, I, I do. I like whatever. Wow, I'm the, surprised to hear the that. Logos, the, <laughs> the logos, the logo, the, the logos, logos way worse. My my galaxy brain thought was that they should have just done it whenever, whenever everything hit yeah. last month. Yeah, but that would have also been that like really operation of holy. Oh, cow. people would. I I know that that was just like my snap decision. Like, oh yeah, like the, like they, sh- they should just change the logo now. But it would have been Operation Human Shield. It would have been the. Been it would have been the. It, it would have been the. <laughs> this organization been the would never do that. It would have been the equivalent of, of Stan Bowman trotting out every woman that worked in the organization mm. whenever they announced their draft pick, which is 
that's remember that that got lost in the shuffle. I feel like when I went, when well, I, because you couldn't even stay mad morning. about it for ten seconds. Thanks. And to move on to the move Canadians. on to the next. Yeah. Move, move on to the next repulsive decision. Last uh, one. You should, you should get there. Yeah, the Philadelphia Flyers coming in at one point two five billion. To round out the top ten, we got two more American teams: the Capitals at one point one seven billion, and number ten, your Detroit Red Wings at one point oh three. I'd buy low on the wings right now. Yeah. Oh, really? I'd I'd, I'd take that team for a billion. I think that's a hmm. two billion dollar team franchise. <laughs> Steve Ballmer is going to swoop in and pay three three billion for the Can't, for the Red Wings. Once I get some of my af- athletic money, liquid. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you, ca- would you cash out on those uh, on, the, on that equity, baby? Let's make it happen. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's the value buy out of the top ten. All right, I do want to ask one more question. This is I am dragging this out. If you could buy, who's your buy low franchise right now in, in the U.S.? If you're like, it's outside the top ten, you you can buy a franchise because you think I think the Red Wings actually are a decent buy low proposition. They should be up there with the Rangers. In so the you say, you're saying I'm saying um, I'm giving you a billion or I'm giving you nine hundred million, okay, of, of athletic. You just you just hit, mm-hmm. and uh, you get to go in and buy low. How? About, oh, I think I know my answer. How much do you think the Sabers are worth? Uh, probably not that much because their arena is a catastrophe. I love that market. I love. I love the fan base. I love, uh, I, I think you'd come in and people would, you'd be like the hero. Yeah. How, how, the, how well did that work out for, for the Figulas? Everyone, everyone yeah, loved him. I feel like I'd make better decisions. You don't, you don't have that fracking money, baby. No, I don't. I don't. Oh yeah. You this should is, find. This would give you a chance to be an evil owner, Sean. Like, I know we need to find we need to find some just disgusting, completely immoral uh, way to make money, and then spit it into buying it. Um, it could be. I th- I think we might have missed the boat mm-hmm. on that one. Okay. Um, NFTs. Mm. Maybe we can maybe we can grift people out of money on on NFTs and use that to buy like the St. Louis Blues or something. Let's make an NFT of our of our first podcast together and see if we can get a billion. Can we just get some, just some, like random artist to, to draw our caricatures, and that can that can be an NFT, and we can sell it. We can sell it and resell okay. it for. You heard that? Get, get to work out there, random artist. In a commission, commission an we'll NFT. Go, we'll faces. give you half the NFT value of that to the artist, and you can. Man, right? I, would you would you buy the I, the saber? The sabers would be fun, but aside from aside from the cursed aspect of things, how about the predators? Oh, that's not bad. Good, fun town. Good fan base. Arena's arena's fine. Uh, what about Dallas? I I was just I was just looking at them. It's just it's because it's Dallas. I know it's a hard mark. I mean, I know it's the challenges they have there. If if the Cowboys sneeze, it's on the front page of the local everything <laughs> for a month, and you got to win a Stanley Cup to get mentioned. That's that's a hard place to live, but. I wonder. I always wonder how much that's like driving their decision making process. Even now, where it's like we're just we're just white knuckling it and, and, and holding on to this to two years ago as long as we can, just in the hopes that we'll that it'll happen again and, and people might care. Yeah, probably. I'm buying Buffalo. You're buying Nashville. 
we can we can go we can both go in on Buffalo actually. Okay, I'll split it with you. We can be here. We can be heroes. I like I like Buffalo as a, as a city too. All right, I, I would die. I would die if I own the Nashville Predators. You. Well, we got Sean Thornton coming up, and Sean, who's now working with the Florida Panthers. Actually, that would have been a Florida Panthers. Maybe we, you know, you get a better rink deal. Uh, I would like to live in Miami. That's not a bad one. Um, he's got Sean suburban, was suburb, suburban Fort Lauderdale. You mean? Suburb, well, you move the rink. Sean was awesome as he always is. Let's. Uh, we'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we're back and we are thrilled to be joined by, I'm going to call him friend of the podcast, even though this is his first appearance in the podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the the podcast rules uh, allow for that. Friend of the podcast, Sean Thornton, who is out. I I hate when he's promoting his new book, but we would have him anyways. He's always welcome. Book or no book. His new book is called Fighting My Way to the Top with Dale Arnold. And it's, it's great. Anybody who's just checking off Christmas list, uh, this, this is an awesome idea for any hockey fan in, in, in the family because it's a really fun read, really insightful. And I can't wait to dive into some of the, the things that I learned. Sean, how are you? Thanks for doing yes. this. The only reason I wrote it was to get on the show. I didn't think I could get on any other way. <laughs> Cong- well, you con- did it. Con- Mission accomplished. Con- Congratulations. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, how long a process was this? Congratulations. This is like, you know, I've always said um, it's, it's, it's basically the equivalent of giving birth, right? It's the same. Very, you know, writing a book is the same. In my, my, mind. my in wife my would argue that this was not as difficult. Uh, I mean, it's, you but, know, who's to say? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a process. I mean, I was approached probably two years ago now. Um, and uh, I'm on the records. So I said no, like three, four times. Uh, I'm not oh, a big really? fan. You guys know me well enough to know I'm not a huge fan of like talking about myself or being the center of attention and being grandstanding. So it took a lot of convincing. Um, Dale convinced me that a unique story that people would want to hear about and it might inspire uh, somebody to give back or to, you know, fight some, through some adversity if they were looked over a few times in their lives and any walk of life. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So the idea though was, you know, I, I go back to Toronto a lot. I go back to Boston a lot. I was going to, uh, I was going to bring Dale with me basically and like meet my friends, my family, do a bunch of hot stoving, really let the book kind of come to shape through some of the stories, uh, through my relationships. And then the world stopped uh, yeah. a month and a half, two months later. And it was a big giant phone zoom. Uh, I won't say interview, but like we, we did it all over the phone because nobody was really traveling. Um, so 
I envisioned it being a little bit different, but but I'm happy with how it came out at the end of the day. Of course, it wouldn't be easy for me to write a book either, right? Like that, it just kind of <laughs> kind of falls in line with the rest of my career. Just make it a little bit more difficult to make it have the power <laughs> through it. What I liked about it, um, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of these kind of books and writer, you know, players post career, but I love the, like the interludes from teammates or yeah. your wife who really seems I don't know her, but she seems really funny. Like she, it would be like, let's talk about the boat. She's like, oh, not again with the boat. Like I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> it's like these these great like little breaks. I don't know who came up with that idea, but it was awesome. Me because I didn't, I couldn't talk about myself that much. I was like, I need other voices on here. I can't have myself talking about a fight with George LaRock. Like I'd rather have somebody that was there that experienced what I was going through uh, beforehand, uh, give a little behind the scenes. And my wife, if <laughs> it's funny, we were over at David Ortiz's golf tournament like a week and a half ago. And a few people met her for the first time that I work with here at the Panthers. And like, your wife is you. She is a carbon. Car- she is the female version of you. She swears as much as you do. She tells you exactly how it is. Like, uh, yeah, I married my carbon copy. So, um, yeah, and that boat. I've never seen her so angry in my life as she was when she found out I bought that boat. So <laughs> it wasn't the wasn't the best uh, purchase. That's a good test of a relationship with a friend is can you share a boat? Like that should be the litmus test Yeah, that oh you and, and Tuca have survived the, you know, the, the boat purchase because I think that might end a few of my friendships. It, 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 yeah. It, it wasn't used that much. That's probably why it was a floating, uh, it was a floating bar basically. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, I loved all the Tuca stuff, man. Obviously he wrote the, he wrote the forward and he had the, 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 the separate chapter about him. I had known you guys were tight, but I don't think I, I don't think I quite realized that it was that, that it was on that level. If you'd have told me, if you'd have told me a week ago that Tuka Rask wrote the forward to, to, to Sean Thornton's book, I, I I think I would have been surprised. Well, you know, he's like me in the fact that he doesn't like to be the center of attention. He likes to just fly behind the scenes, do his job, you know, have a beer at home, and you know, he doesn't really even leave, leave a, a mile radius of his house too often. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way. So uh, to talk. It was a favor to ask him to do it, but you know he's such a good guy that he said, "Yeah, not a problem. Whatever you need." Um, so the stuff. I, so I I love books from this era or, or stories from this era because you know, like Sean, I was at a lot of the games you referenced, or you know, right in the middle of the right in the middle of it. And even being there, I don't think I understood you know some of the intricacies that go into the role that you played and uh, and I don't want to you know we don't have to go story by story and give all the, the highlights away from the book yeah, I want but there was buy this still come on no I know yeah, that's yeah. Right. I mean, so we can talk about like we can talk about your hatred of turkey or whatever you yeah, know no. what I mean? <laughs> but you know I, I like and so I'll be careful here but I, like the level we're talking about the Matt Cook kind of retribution the level of communication that mm-hmm. went behind the scenes with Billy Garen or Mark Recchi just to like arrange it and then are we good and all all this stuff you know i i think i knew like there was a little bit of that like you you knew you were gonna have to do it but just i don't know there was there's uh there was a lot of communication that went on there yeah there's a full plan in place yeah from start to finish <laughs> like the logistics uh, that go into yeah, yeah, right. exactly. yeah, that's, that's, well that's exactly what i was gonna say uh well said yeah no, and you know, I've been through it a few times in the minors. Rex had seen it in his day. Like, you, we've seen games go, and Z as well. I mean, he played in the minors, and then, you know, he for all of that era, right? So, we've seen games go completely to the left and where you don't want it to go. And, I mean, that's probably more my comfort zone, to be completely honest. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and our team was built for that at the time. Now, they had a pretty tough team. Don't, don't get me wrong. They had, some, they had some big boys on the team. But if he really went, you know, probably down the list, 
man to man, when we get to the bottom third, our bottom third is going to be standing a, a lot higher. And we, and we just didn't want to turn it into that. So yeah, there's some yeah. logistics that went into it and I thought it was the right way to, to handle the situation. And uh, it turned out to be a, a, at the end of the day. I mean, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned in the, in the section, like you're like, all right, like Bergeron can go out and play and Crosby can go out and play. Right. Like you, you mentioned both those guys specifically, there's some kind of give and take where you're like, yeah, our, you know, our, our, our big guns can go out and work, but so can theirs. Like, right. Right? It's, exactly. it's, kind of, it's a necessary step. Yeah. And nobody really wants to get into those situations where every single shift is a five on five brawl until there's four guys left on the bench. And the, you're on, I think we talked about it, like you're on ESPN and Sportsnet for all the wrong reasons. Uh, instead of something, instead of Bergie getting a hat trick that game after things were taken care of and you had a four one win or whatever. So uh, we're cognizant of that and we just wanted to handle it properly. Man, I could tell you, it's funny to even to read like how conscious you were of like, this is going to be what brings yeah. attention to our sport. Like I was at ESPN at that time and it really, I felt like the only time I was ever doing sports center or something, it wasn't because Sid had a hat trick. It was right. because there was a, a fight and that was, and I, and even I was like, okay, can we like, really, this is what, this is what's going to get me 10 seconds of airtime. Like so it that was, shows you uh, how much I don't like being in front of the center of attention. Cause like definitely could have been the center of attention. <laughs> you could have, you could have <laughs> been over the airways or a week. Oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> no, you'd been, you, yeah, you could you could have been leading PTI for for, for days if, if you wanted to. Right? I think I was once, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, wow. really? When, when when was that? I'm guessing the the suspension, probably. I think probably oh. yeah. for all the wrong reasons. For all the, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, no, we're. We're we're gonna continue spoiling sections from the book. We're gonna read the we're gonna read the Orpic section word for word here, so people, so, so people don't actually have to buy it. I think we should do a reading, like a good Christmas gather around, kids. So we're gonna here's uh, uh, here's I did like 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 talking about the suspension. You know, Gary Bettman seemed to go out of his way, and again, I mean, Gary Bettman's not a popular guy right now. I'm not trying to like, but it, like you did seem to appreciate the level of communication he gave you and the respect he gave you. 100%. The professionalism from Gary during that whole process was was great. And I understood the severity of, of what was going on behind the scenes with everything too. And understood who I was and was self-aware on what type of player I was. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, you know, the first hearing did not go the way I wanted to. He wasn't there. Uh, did not go the way I wanted it to. Uh, I did not feel good coming out of it. I did not feel good about how it was leaked. I did not feel good mm-hmm. that I found out about it hours after it was leaked and you know all that it just didn't it didn't feel right but you know second hearing couldn't have been more professional and then the like i said i talked about in the book but he called me on christmas eve uh and let me know that they're you know holding up the the 15 games and you know it wasn't personal and walked me through some of the reasons why and i was like i was just grabbing a coffee after taking some kids to a movie and i was like you know what he didn't have to take his time out of his day on on christmas eve to, to give me a shout like I'm, I'm just one person the He's working with owners and you know yeah. investors and billionaires. Like, who am I? But that I, uh, I I thought that was very professional and it did not go unnoticed. What was the better Christmas Eve? The one where you had fifteen Guinnesses? I think there was a Christmas Eve reference. To <laughs> that, that was a Christmas Day. <laughs> that was miserable. Yeah, I had a uh, couple Christmases by myself in the hotel when I was up and down oh. from the miners, which was uh, not ideal. But again, all all happens for a reason. Uh, yeah, a couple lonely Christmases. I was bitter around Christmas for a few years after that. Well, probably wasn't until I had kids that uh, Christmas came back to having some <laughs> some happy meaning again. Yeah, that like that's that's. I mean, that's what people don't realize about the, especially when you're moving up and down from you know the AHL to the NHL and the grind and and 
Um, I, I like it, it, you know, it did seem like you kept a lot of perspective and, uh, you know, there was a little bit of shade thrown at like Phil Kessel for complaining about having to wear sunglasses at a golf course. And you're <laughs> like, Hey, Phil, like we have a pretty good life, but you were like, yours was legitimately hard. Like, like you had the right to complain. Uh, yeah, I tried not to. That was, uh, I think that was, uh, tremor. Yeah. I, I chirped him a little bit that day, but you know, Phil's a good, the, the sunglasses. What was he? Yeah. He just, he was mad. He had to wear sunglasses on the golf course. <laughs> I got <love> him. <laughs> I think he walked, I think it was, I can't remember exactly. I think it was like, he walked out as like, cause Chimmer tells the story in the book, but I think we picked him up at his apartment to go golf. He's like, Oh, it's so sunny out. I gotta go back upstairs and get my shades. I'm like, really? Oh, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it. So mad about it being sunny. <laughs> oh, that was great. Him. He's a good dude. Uh, what I, what I, one of the questions I want to ask is, you had no agent starting out and I don't know if this was in, so you here you are like calling every GM at the start of your career after. Well, so I had an, I had an agent when I got drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, okay. I had a guy named Rick, Rick Hines, he got out of the agency business. He ran goalie schools uh, in Toronto and stuff. So, uh, when I got, when I wasn't qualified by Toronto, I, I had to quickly figure out what a CBA was and then where my standing <laughs> was in it. Um, so I didn't have time, nor could I find the right agent uh, being a career, I say a three and a half year, you know, minor three year minor league player. It wasn't, you know, they weren't knocking on my door saying this guy's the next greatest thing uh, to come walking up. So I just figured it out on my own. Yeah. I started calling every team. I called the PA and uh, I was under the assumption that I was a, a free agent. Uh, and then luckily Mike Smith was in Toronto uh, he went to Chicago. My coach, my first three years was the assistant coach for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but it was actually through, uh, Al McIsaac, uh, which I know there's some stories that just went out with him, but yeah. back in the time, uh, anyways, Al McIsaac was a GM in Norfolk. Uh, that's who I got in touch with. And then he called up to Mike Smith and said, I'd like to bring him to camp. We'd like to sign him for the AHL team. Mike Smith knew who I was from my Toronto days and said, we'd love to have him. So that's how I ended up in camp there. Uh, but then, yeah, we had to, looks like they didn't have the, I didn't have the right to be a free agent. Toronto still technically owned my rights. So I did not figure out the CBA properly as a 22 year old. I was even th- like, it was like one line in the book, but like, yeah, I called every GM. I'm like, legit, like, what is that? How do you even get all the cells? And, and you're just like, Hey, Brian, uh, well, I, I called offices back then. I mean, I don't know. If so you just called it like the ticket. Ken Holland. The, the professional, the PHPA and the NHLPA literally sent the list. They said, here's a list of all the GMs and AGMs uh, on in the AHL and the NHL. And I just got on the phone for uh, every week for a couple hours and tried to get in touch with them. And it's actually remarkable. Like as a player, you find out really quickly, like who you might want to play for one day. Like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember this actually I could have been in the book. If I could remember the story, but there was, I think it was the GM in Philly at the time called. He's like, Hey man, know who you are, but I got, am I allowed to swear on this thing? Yeah, you mm-hmm. can. Uh, he's like, I got no fucking place for you in our, my organization, but I appreciate you giving me the phone call. I was like, you know what? And then there's some that like yeah. kick you off to like the minor league scout who doesn't have any say or whatever. It's like, yeah, I'd love to have the conversation with you. Like it just ends up going nowhere. So, right. uh, yeah, it was, it was a unique experience. Not, I wouldn't want to do it again, but it was a unique experience. Come on, who was who was the GM that big timed you and sent you to their? Uh, I can't honestly. You call sixty something people. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. If you if you ask me like the week after, I'd probably tell you, but I, I really can't remember. 
You get the joy of cold calling people. That's a big. That's <laughs> yeah, a big part of this. Sales that's job. a big part of this fucking job. You're, 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 you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm calling someone who I know doesn't want to talk to me whatsoever, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it a dozen more times. I've, I've you gotta do though, right? And it ends up working yeah. out. Oh, yeah, when, have you, uh, <laughs> have you heard back from Michelle Terrian yet? After, after 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 the publication of the book, that was that was that was one of my that, that was one of my favorite sections. He was here on Wednesday too. I didn't mm-hmm. go down there. Uh, we played Philly Wednesday. I, I know because Yans was here. Uh, no, I haven't heard from him. Uh, I, no problem. Whatever he, he reaches out or not, we're both men. I've got no problem having a conversation with him. No, I mean, I mean that was. I think it's t- isn't he in the title of one of the chapters? Like, he, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it was that big yeah. of a rivalry between a player and a coach, which is unheard of. I've I mean, never it, heard of that. Have you have have we heard about coaches versus player rivalries? He would be the guy that I might like if you would have said top three coaches who are candidates to have a rivalry with a player randomly. Imagine, imagine a coach who had a, a years long rivalry with a player, not and not just any player, Sean yeah, Sean Thornton. I'd, I'd have been like, yeah, that's, that's Terrian sounds about right. Yeah, like a 14, 15 year thing. That's unbelievable. That's why I had to get like Trent Yanni and a couple others to speak to it too, because I didn't want one. I didn't want to think it was all in my head, but like I had to right. people talk about like no no it's true every game that guy sent somebody or did something or that was definitely one of the moments where like the interludes and, and the interjections from other people really work because like not like yeah. it's like you know you 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 read it and you're, you're, you're like like is this was this how how legit was this i mean i know it's a long time ago you're a young kid like you could have been yeah you know no, seeing seeing stuff where it wasn't and guys like guys like yanni are like nope it's real like that, that, that happened <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! We gotta get. We'll have to get. A, I want to get uh, Terry on here for comment, and, and uh, I want the <laughs> other side of the story. I, I would have loved to have had him in the book. I, I didn't. Oh yeah, I would have loved to have had his perspective on it too. Actually, that would that would have added to it. It would be great if he was just like Sean Thornton. I'm not familiar with. Uh, he played in the league. Uh, <laughs> who who, uh, who was who was Sean Thornton? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know Sean Thornton. That, that's right. Oh my gosh. Um, before we let you go, I do want to talk a little bit about the Merlot line because I think that that mm-hmm. comes up and and it's it's one of the just the great. And I don't even know if we have that anymore. Where you have a great name, a great line, championship. It's just one of the awesome things that come out of championship teams. And and um, you know, you, you you talk about it a lot. But what what? And I don't think you guys viewed yourself as a fourth line either. Like that was an impact when you were on the ice. That was an impact line. What? Why was it so special? What made it work? Yeah, internally, we considered, like, obviously, you look at the depth chart, we're the fourth line, right? But we had a pretty deep team. That's why we won. But internally, we considered ourselves more of a checking line. Like, we took pride in the fact that we could play against most top lines on any given night and, and eat up good minutes. Uh, now, were we lighting the lamp against Sid's line? Probably not. But <laughs> yeah. we were. Uh, if we could eat up some minutes, uh, we were happy. I think it was a product of, well, one, the name was good because... Claude called us like the Burgundy line. I was like, ah, we're not getting, we're not, we're not a French wine. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be Merlot for anything. Uh, yeah. We wore those jerseys every single day in practice, the same color. And we were aligned together for what, three and a half years, maybe something like that. So it, uh, the combination of those things, the longevity, the unique Jersey color and the fact that I'm, uh, I love wine, uh, probably all those together. <laughs> and you know what I played, and I played with two guys that were second and third liners on every other team right. I played on. Right. So they come to us, they, they accept a fourth line role, uh, and, and made my life a lot easier. Yeah. I mean, you said that about, uh, about Pi and Campbell, like in, in a lot of, on a lot of other rosters, they're, they're second liners, they're 
I mean, they were second, he was the second letter on our team until Marshy took off and they had nowhere else to put him. So he was still playing with me and Sue, but he was playing with Bergie on the second line when we traded for Pisy. Now that we've given away 80% of the book. No, there's, we're, we're just scratching the surface. If you're yeah, listening you to this, no, um, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like 250 pages long and, no, and it's, it's or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. It's, it's, it's beefy and all, all the anecdotes are, and stories are, yeah, are they're great. fantastic. We get, these are, this is three out of, you know, 20 or whatever it is. Is there something that you, you, you had to cut out for any reason? For, first of all, I like, I, I was disappointed that we, we were censoring swear words like with the dashes. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe yeah, I got we just the, back, like, I'm not going to lie. We went back and forth on that and I pulled a little bit out. The thought process was I have two young daughters now and oh, they're going to read yeah. it at some point. Listen, they've heard mm-hmm. me swear already. Like I, I have a tough time keeping my uh, cursing in check. Uh, but I also want to be a little respectful that uh, they're going to grow up and they're, ugly dad's faces on a book somewhere that <laughs> people might recognize. So, uh, yeah, were the stuff that was cut out probably, I mean, again, if I wasn't, uh, if I wasn't an executive in an NHL franchise and if I wasn't oh, uh, yeah. a father nowadays, uh, there might be a, might, it could have leaned a little bit towards, uh, some stuff. The tell all kind of thing. Yeah. But again, but I was also, you know, I wouldn't ever put my teammates in a bad situation myself. Sure. And, you know, so, uh, like, yeah, is there stuff in my life that's not in the book? For sure. But uh, yeah. I'm happy with how the book came out. Was there any of it you wanted to, you cleared with teammates or you're just like, are you fine with this going in? Or Like, I didn't feel like there's yeah. anything that was, there was some of that where you're like, you, you're cool with this? Yeah, but the, most of them are in the book. So I would have been like, hey, yeah. I'm going to talk about this and this and this. Do you mind giving yeah. some background on it? Uh, you know, obviously with Tukes, I mean, we talk almost every other day. So I kept him in the loop on what was going on. Uh, so, I, uh, yeah, and I don't think there was anything in there that was this keeps me up at night like i before this thing was released i was like not sleeping saying oh shit did i yeah. say something i shouldn't have said that's gonna like open up pandora's box that's the last thing i mm-hmm. want like i want people to get a feel of you know that it wasn't easy for me to get there it's an unconventional path to get to where i was but it was all worth it and mm-hmm. uh that was like the main thing i wanted to get across not putting anything out there that needed to you know like i said open up pandora's box i thought the craziest part of the tuga chapter was at the end where you said definitively whether he was coming back or not i was surprised to see that you're like, oh yeah, where, where you find out? Like he's he, he's definitely coming back in in February, right? Yeah, that was it. Didn't he? He just went on the record, didn't he? <laughs> I did he? I, did he? I did? Did I did I miss that? Somebody talked about it. Said he was, he was looking good or coming back. I thought I saw it. He's uh, <laughs> oh. he looks good though. I saw him last week. He looks good. I'm super, like I feel like he's going to end up in the between you and Billy Zito. It wasn't Billy his agent for a long time. Billy was his like, agent I, forever, and our, our AGM. Uh, Brett Peterson is his yeah. neighbor and the assistant GM here. Yeah, it yeah. So he'll too. end up. He'll be he'll be doing uh, corporate Jeff Blue deals before too long. Yeah, I'm gonna have him my sales team, team. <laughs> that one. That one <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Sean, thanks for doing this, and congratulations again on the book. I know it's it's a great read. It's fun. It's perfect timing with Christmas coming up and all the holidays. Um, Again, that was all me. Obviously, I timed it perfectly. Nothing to do. Yeah, with you got it done just in time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really it's great. It's a it's it's fun. It's called Fighting My Way to the Top. Uh, you can get it anywhere books are sold, um, and uh, I strongly recommend it. So, thank congratulations, you. Sean. Thanks for doing this. Great to see you, friend of the podcast. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> it <was> awesome. <laughs> I can't believe I needed a book to do it. But, uh. <laughs> That was great. Great to have Sean on. He's uh, I, like those. The, this is really fun for me to be able to read these books mm-hmm. from this era uh, in, as they come out and and re- remember distinctly place and time at where I was. Like it's 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 fun that we're suddenly nostalgic for 2010. Like I love that. 
he took the words out of my mouth. I'm reading this and it's like, oh yeah, 2010, that was, that was three years ago, right? <laughs> no, like it was Wait, a long time no. ago. Hol- holy hell. This is like, we're talking about the Merlot line. It, it's, it was 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. Now it's good. Yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of great stories from that, from that era. I, I, I came up during the, during our talk, but it's long. Like it's a, yeah. it's a lot of these as told to books, like sometimes they're kind of, they're kind of thin and you know, whatever that is, that is not the case with this. It, there's a lot of, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of really great anecdotes from, from that whole, yep. from that whole run. It's, it's good stuff. And you get like the inner workings, like, you know, GM's calling each other to get, get the scouting report on Sean Thor, like Brian Burke saying, he's not your heavyweight, even, you know, like there's a lot, a lot of little tidbits where you're like, okay, I learned a little bit about this person and that person and how like the sausage is made. That, like that's the stuff I love. It's it's a mix of two things, right? It's how the sausage is made or was made when, yeah, whenever Thornton was, com- right. was coming up. And then also, you forget how many, you know, import- he mentioned the Brooks Orpik hit and the suspension and the Merlot line and like in the, in the Matt Cook stuff and all that. Like, he figured pretty prominently into a lot of memorable moments over, yeah. over, the, over the 2010s, right? So, no, good. It was good stuff from him and Definitely, definitely would recommend it. Not just to Bruins fans, but for anybody who, you know, kind of came up like we did, honestly, in in the game during that stretch. All right. I don't know if while I was gone, you dove into the comments section of the app, but let's let's dip our toes in the water and see, yeah, a little see bit. what we come up. <laughs> a, a little, little bit. bit. You, I, I thought you would save them all for me. Really hurtful. Spoiler: Everybody hates Max Boltman. Oh, Ugh. Ugh. I mean, spoiler. That's. We knew that. <laughs> Self-evident. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest guy ever. All right, John, we'll be right back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ooh, baby, it's the best part of the week. We go to the comments section of our episodes on The Athletic app, which 
In your absence, Craig, I figured out where it actually is. Oh, you, you put, had to because you can't I, make I, the guests do all the work. To. Yeah, right. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell Jr. to deal with uh, deal with that. It's if you look at the bottom in the app, there's there's the, the listen tab, mm-hmm. and then and then you go to NHL, mm-hmm. and then you go and then you go to the Athletic Hockey Show. But you have to find our episodes, so you have to know the title mm-hmm. or the day of the week. Follow the trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> to the to the Tuesday episode and leave questions and comments there. The fact that anybody does it is hilarious and wonderful. I, lo- I just love this. Um, the yeah, other thing yes. I want to say about that, by the way, this is some kind of glitch because we have like we have like test versions of the app and st- beta versions of, yeah. of the app. I can't leave comments on other people's comments. So if if you what? if you guys out there have like asked you know, asked specific stuff or ripped us or said anything funny and haven't seen an interaction from me. Like that's. It sounds like you're avoiding the people, Sean. It's me up in my ivory tower. Oh I'm rich. Are you? I'm rich. It's all that crypto yeah. money. All that crypto money. That's where the savers, that's where that savers check's coming from. Um. All right. Let's dive in. I've got, I've got one I'm saving from last episode. I'm going to go two episodes back because I've been absent. Mm-hmm. This is on the Justin Falk. Um, this was with Jeremy Rutherford. Jeremy mm-hmm. does a great job. This comes from Ben D. He says, finally, an episode where Gentili, with Gentili, where he doesn't say, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is that your thing? Is that your catchphrase? Yeah, we're making t-shirts. That's what the NFT can be. It's it's like a it's like caricatures of you and I, and then that's right. That's like right. Written across the bottom, and then uh, <laughs> try to think it. Try to think of one of your band. I don't phrases. have. A, I, oh yes, yes. I don't have any. We we discussed this. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, you can't put yeah, that on no. a shirt. <laughs> um, ben D also asks. I'm assuming it's the same person. What team will have the fewest losses against the Canadian teams this year? My choice will be Carolina. That's John's favorite team, in case anyone's wondering. Love them. Since they're- oh, God. Hey, Craig, Craig, Craig. Bye. I don't know if you've seen their Twitter account, <laughs> but oh, <laughs> oh uh, it's edgy. Carolina, since they're one of, if not the best team in the Metro, the division with no Canadian teams, a.k.a. Yeah. the best division. <laughs> that's right that's not a bad answer i'll go with I like carolina yeah, I, i'm gonna let that yeah, answer his own question so yeah you need minimal minimal canadian teams a and you need and you need someone who's who's really who's good. good um obviously the the hurricanes are a good pick um it's got it's got to be them right yeah they're just it's not, carolina they're, it's Carolina or the Caps or whatever, one of those top, like one of those two, because, you know, for as good as, you know, for as good as the, as the Atlantic division is, as good as we think Tampa and Florida and them all are, like you're still playing against, you're still playing against three Canadian teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Jets are, the, the Jets are good enough to cut into it. The Pacific is a no go because the two best teams in that division by a sight are Canadian. So yeah. Yeah. Got gotta be gotta be Metro. Um gotta be gotta be Carolina. All right. I think it does Sean Gentili's Carolina Hurricanes. Nick um, P writes, as a Canadian, oh thanks for listening, Nick. Despite all mm-hmm. of our shenanigans. Sorry. 
Sorry, buddy. I'm only reading this because it compliments the show. I do have to agree. This is the best athletic hockey show of the week consistently. Wow. I, I was worried it wouldn't be as good with no Craig, but JR was great. He was I don't great. know how I feel he's about be- that. that he's, be- he's better than me. JR was that. He was that good that we're like, we're not talking no, about my I mean, absence I, a little more. No, I'm just saying he's better than me. It's not oh. tough. Matt M. writes, thanks for answering my questions about the national broadcast. That was the answer I was hoping to hear. I do agree the coverage has been a huge step forward from what we used to get, but I'm looking forward to seeing more national broadcasts. Looking forward to next Tuesday when we get more of the most entertaining edition of the show. Thank you for that, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've, we've seen enough now of the national. How do you, like, in 10 words or less, how are, we, how are you feeling about the national broadcast? It's fine. Okay. I, I wish I, I I wish there were more random games on cable. Like I like that is kind of a bummer. And I, and I get it. You know, ESPN Plus is basically a good product. I know the black the blackouts are driving people crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to get better because we're about to see a lot more games on ESPN. They clearly were waiting until college football and, and certain certain other things were college football and wrestling basically on on, on TNT. They had to do some house cleaning with that. So we're about to see a, a lot more. A lot more broadcast games, and that's all. That's all good. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to hold off on on a decision. Well, I mean, it always felt like to me with NBC, it didn't even start until the Winter Classic, and then it was oh, like, yeah. okay, now we're paying attention. Like, so we're we're still early in the process, I would say. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot of 10 p.m. Eastern games on TNT, and, and you know, but like we got our we got a Black Friday game on, on ESPN. Like, I think that sort of signals that we're about to, or on, on ABC rather. So they're they're about to start ramping it up, and I think once those guys get more reps, it'll be easier to yeah. judge them. Um, hey guys, this is from Jason K. Happy Thanksgiving! Please let Haley know that there is Thanksgiving and Canadian Thanksgiving. There is no need to say American Thanksgiving. This is all factual. Mm-hmm. America made it a national holiday first in 1870, 1879 in Canada, but it has been celebrated here on and off since before Canada was a country. I thought, is Canada a country or is it some sort of like no, it's, mi- it's a municipality of the it, queen? Of- it's a protectorate of England. It's like, it's like, it's like Guam with the United States. <laughs> these are all, these are all important facts. I, oh, producer Jeff is uh, piping in. Do you have something to say, there Jeff? Or just hand signals. So, um, <laughs> so um, a couple of things about Thanksgiving I want to say that are, are podcast adjacent. One. We, I was the family. We were thrilled to see Bryce Salvador on the Thanksgiving Day float on the in the in the Macy's Day Parade. Uh, <laughs> Is waving. that true? Oh man, I missed that. Yeah, it was. I think it was um, Anson Carter, Michigan State, uh, former Michigan State great legend. Legend. He was there when I was there. He was so good mm-hmm. at state. Um, and Bryce Salvador. And so the debate was he was he was waving to the crowd as he, they cut to him, and he had his phone out. And he was like, you know, taping around him. And we were saying, should I text him like happy Thanksgiving in that moment? And just to see what his reaction was. Oh, man. Would you have done a shot? It was, I was like, that would be funny. But also like, I don't want to ruin Bryce Salvador's moment. Oh, I, I, would, I wouldn't have texted him. I would, I, would have straight, I would have straight up called him. You would have called him? <laughs> so you see Dial- him like taping? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like get startled by his phone buzzing in, in his pocket. My, the conclusion, the families decided that he was probably, he probably had it on airplane mode anyways. Like, 
you, probably it, when you're in the parade, you're putting it on airplane mode and I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, so I never did wish Bryce a happy Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, Bryce Salvador. I want to say it was the other, the other crazy thing in terms of guests at the Macy's day parade. I saw Quinn Hughes pulling the Sonic, the hedgehog balloon. What? Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. He was, amazing he was holding that he had time to do that. He was, he was holding the ropes. I know. It's good. Who would have? Well, he was probably, I don't know, visiting Jack in New Jersey, maybe. I don't know. Um, second podcast adjacent thing that happened over Thanksgiving, since we haven't talked. Um, I show up. I, so I go to Atlanta. I've got my, you know, three wonderful nieces. They're amazing. And, um, you know, they're just, they're, they're just kids. They're little. And I show up wearing. My Donnie Meatballs T-shirt. I don't know why. It's a it's on a, Thanksgiving. No, like when we arrive. So we, you okay. know, we're barging through the door. Yeah, me it's, and a, the it's, three a, kids it's a car. It's and the family dog, and it's, it's a car shirt. I get it's that. It's a car shirt, uh, and so um, and it's you know warm in Atlanta, so I'm wearing a T-shirt. And of course, that's all anyone sees. It's really if you haven't purchased one, it's good. It's for uh, you know a good cause, and it's it's fun. To, we we support um, Donnie Granado on this podcast, as you know. And so they're all like meatballs. They're like Uncle Meatball. So the whole trip, <laughs> oh. they were calling me Uncle Meatball, and to the point where I. So my birthday is on the twenty sixth. So at Friday, it said Happy Birthday, Uncle Meatball, on the cake. Oh my god, you you started something, dude. Uncle Meatball. That's going in your. That's going in your obituary. <laughs> your lies. Husband, father, <laughs> Uncle Meatball. <laughs> Podcast co-host. I mean, Uncle Meatball. It, I, I've never seen something stick that quickly. I've never even had a nickname um, in my Is life. Is that true? Not really. Not like it. What do you call me? Craig. See? So does everybody. Except for the my villain. Nieces, the <laughs> arch rival. Uh the next, this is, we're going to move up an episode with you and Max, and you must, you angered our, our user, Nick Yu, our listener, who says, why did you guys discuss every team in the Metro besides the Devils, basically tied for the wildcard spot with only 16 games played and big wins against good teams, i.e. the Lightning the other day, and missing their best player? I know. Nick, but Nick, my boy, hate to break this to you. Hmm. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we forgot, but it was it was it was kind of egregious. We like went over answer? every every team, and I mean, I don't know. I I don't. Let's all right. Come on, Devils are. They have twenty two points. They're fifth in the wild card now. Like, if there was one, we're gonna skip. It's gonna be. It was gonna be them. We've talked. We talked about them before. I like. I like what we're doing. I like what Dawson Mercer's done. They're not. They're not going to win the wild card. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know how far, but if you went into these comments from our the last episode we did together, which was the um, mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes episode, but someone asked if you've um, they've never heard you and and uh, Down Goes Brown on the same podcast. Is that true? I thought you guys have done that. <clears throat> yeah, we've done episodes of Puck Soup together. I mean, there there is a pretty heated rivalry there between yeah. the two of us. But Andre M writes, and this is so true. Quinn had a big. I'm here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Energy in this interview. That's we appreciated Quinn, <laughs> but I feel that uh, Andre M. So did I <laughs> so did, actually. So did we, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Let's see. I, I think you guys touched on all these other ones. I don't need to bring up my book again. Behind the bench, available. Uh, great Christmas gift for all. But thank you to as, the comments. As you are. said, as you said to Sean Thornton, wherever books are sold, I, I heard that. I heard that in the book plug. Whenever, when, whenever you Is said it, that, was that one. even true? Is that even? I, I was like, I'm sure. I'm no, sure you can find so- his books. Uh, so anywhere there's a book sold, you can buy Sean Thornton and my book. <laughs> yeah, right. Like in the Starbucks that's in your grocery store where they sell coffee table books, you can get behind the bench and and uh, in, in, in Thornton's book. Anywhere books where, are sold. Anywhere on earth <laughs> that books are sold. <laughs> books are a great Christmas present, holiday present. You should do that. Support authors. Um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Sean? I don't want to go too far no, into these I questions. Don't. All right. I'm glad you're back. It's good to be it's back leaving for you again one week. Next I don't know if I... I'm going to be in San Diego. Um, that's how you say that, right? And San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think I can... Um, I, we'll see. I'll try to make it do from the hotel. I mean, I'll be working. Uh, I do want to plug uh, Rob Pizzo and mm-hmm. the Wednesday roundtable with Sarah Sivian, Jesse Granger, Julian McKenzie this week. I, I, I have no problem plugging that group. They do fine it's, work. It's cra- Unlike Haley you know and Ian, terrible. You know what's crazy? Is to see Julian on a podcast. Can't believe it. That's mm, good. He's finally getting some airtime. Julian's the best. What a superstar <laughs> he the, is. He's the greatest. Tom Fitzgerald of the New Jersey Devils. All right. The team Sean loves to exclude Whoops. from all his analysis <laughs> is Mike <laughs> Russo's guest. Um, and straight from the source. Russo, who still can't get Gentili's name right when he plugs. Yeah. Mike Russo. He, Mike Russo has ch- – I can't even mess up Fitzgerald. Is it possible? Fitzgerald. Has Tom Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. <laughs> um, last, Tim, Tim Fitzgerald. If you're not subscribing to The Athletic and you want to leave comments on our episode, really that's the only reason you need to subscribe. You mm-hmm. can go to theathletic.com slash hockey show, $3.99 a month. Next week, if I'm not here, it's going to be Max Baltman. I don't know. This is. I think. I think producer Jeff is typing this in as we speak on the on the sheet. Yeah. Max Baltman will be. I, I am not committed to not being here yet. So let's easy there, Max. Um, with possible he's, Dylan Larkin guest, which would be awesome. Dylan's one of my favorites. Max he's, is. He's a Max son, is son fo- of mine. Max is foaming at the mouth to get back on the. To I mean, I barely even said I, I might not be able to make it, and there's already a replacement, and Max is already in. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, terrible. Not good. Not good. Not not great. Big week for Max, by the way. What did like Michigan? Jeez. Sheesh. Michigan over Ohio State. Wait, that didn't happen. Actually, never mind. College football talk. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Sean, great to be together again for one week and one week only. Until next week. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Love you all. And to all, a good night. Goodbye forever. (laughs) 